0: The law is very complicated. You're trying to educate someone, make it fun, all at the same time within 30 seconds. When leveraged
1: correctly, social media not only educates and entertains your client base, but can help build a thriving
0: referral network. I had kind of met these people in this two-dimensional space, and so it was a little bit easier from DMing with these people already feeling like I knew them.
1: You're listening to Personal Injury Mastermind, where we give you the tools you need to take your personal injury practice to the next level. Joe is a natural extrovert who leverages social media to build a strong referral network. He explains how anyone can break the ice before ever meeting in person, and how to maintain the network he's worked so hard to create. I'm your host, Chris Dreyer, founder and CEO of Rankings.io. We help elite personal injury attorneys dominate first page rankings with search engine optimization. Being at the forefront of marketing is all about understanding people. So let's get to know our guest. Here's Joe Volta, attorney at Hull & Chandler, Attorneys
0: at Law. So I guess a little bit about my background. Dad is an attorney. He's been practicing, I guess, since before I was born. He's been doing a, asbestos litigation that entire time. And so it's kind of funny because people would always say, you want to be like your dad. And I, when I was younger, I always say no, right? And then the older I got, after I kind of had worked in restaurant industry a long time, I interesting fact, I have a culinary degree. And uh, when that lifestyle didn't really kind of jive with with kind of the direction I was moving, you know, both mentally and, and professionally, that I, I decided I wanted showers to be uh, optional after work. And then I also, you know, my father provided a great, you know, living and uh, upbringing for us. And so I wanted to live how I grew up. And I didn't know any really tremendously successful people. And all those people that I did know were all attorneys. And they got to help other people. And so that's kind of what led me to becoming an attorney and following in my my dad's footsteps.
1: A lot of individuals that I talk to that have good EQ and good communication skills have worked in the restaurant industry. I think it's because we have to deal with... I too, I don't think anybody knows this in my background. I was a server and a bartender for like three years. So I worked full-time through college. And it taught me how to talk to people, how to deal with issues. And it's just interesting. I think anyone that's dealt with that has had some issue that they've had to overcome, and it's hard work too.
0: It's definitely hard work. I mean, I, I worked in the front of the house, back of the house. The one job I never was was a bartender, probably, you know, I'm still here and alive because of that, right? That would've <laughs> been the, probably the worst job to have, but uh, it definitely does give you, you know, those people skills, those salesman skills that a lot of, you know, personal injury attorneys need to have, or from the marketing aspect of, you know, kind of getting cases, right? You need to be able to sell. and not in like a malicious way, but you know, you're your own biggest fan and and that's kind of the name of the game. There's a whole industry around marketing, whether it's the legal field or any other type of business.
1: I think the word sell, it has like that negative connotation, but like we do it every day, whether we're trying to convince our employees or our clients or, you know, your spouse. And it's not like in a negative way, it's like something that you want to do or where you want to eat or just how you're going to deal with your time. So I think that there's a lot to be learned there so you practice business law and personal injury law. And and so how come you didn't shift and and go to MISO and, and, and asbestos, you know, why business law? And then, you know, of course, personal injury is, is a is a subset of personal injury, but, but how did you focus in on those areas?
0: When I first graduated law school back in 2015, and then all through law school, I was law clerking and I did work in asbestos. I worked at the law offices of Peter Angelos, which was the largest at the time asbestos firm in Baltimore and uh, and for the state of Maryland rather as with anything asbestos is kind of on a bell curve right and it's on the bottom of that bell curve because it's a dose response disease and asbestos was you know forbidden to be in the marketplace you know back around like the 80s it kind of gotten taken out of a lot of products and so because it's not in products people aren't getting sick if people aren't getting sick there's not really you know room for an asbestos industry right or it's kind of on the bottom part of the arc And so, you know, I decided with my wife to kind of move to the Carolinas and just pivot into, I guess, the more typical personal injury realm, which is your, you know, slip and falls, dog bites, auto accidents, truck accidents. And then because the firm that I currently am at, we do a little bit of everything here. I do kind of the business litigation for one of the partners um, as well.
1: Being fully transparent, one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the show is you do a phenomenal job in networking and for referrals and putting yourself out there and creating original content and being really authentic. Do you consider yourself an extrovert? Is it natural for you to go and and uh, meet people and make these connections or, or is there a little bit of stress and, and you got to decompress? You know, h- how does that work? Because I think a lot of people have challenges there.
0: You know, it's, that's a great question because I think people that Nomi would say I'm extroverted, and I am extroverted, but at the same time, I think all extroverts, they still have that, you know, you need your own time, and you need to pull back, and so, and with anything that's new, it is kind of challenging to really put yourself out there and make original content and things, but I find it easy to make friends. I always have, and it's just, I don't know if it's a skill or if it's something that you're just born with. And it's just who I am. Like, I really I enjoy going to parties, whereas some people that's like a drag and they, you know, kind of drag themselves to the party. Right. Because it's just they're going with their spouse or their friends or they're trying to be social, that kind of stuff. It it amps me up. It it makes me feel more alive. So I enjoy the the networking aspect with other attorneys, you know, and people in general. And so it kind of came natural. But the being on video, that part did not come natural. I'm not going to you know, sit here and lie about that. That's kind of really tough.
1: What's interesting, and I know if Maria Benroy is listening from Law Rank, she's listening, she always tries to get me to go to events. And I'm like, I have went to events and I struggle. So like if I now having us talking on the podcast, if I saw you in an event, it'd be very easy for me to speak to you. But before that, it's really challenging.
0: Yeah, it is easier when you know some people, right? Going to a room of, you know, 100 people and not knowing a single person and having to start a conversation. I mean, I consider myself extroverted, but I still feel like that that aspect is difficult. Now I'm in the process of quitting smoking, but I used to always find it was easy to meet people that did smoke because nowadays we're pariahs and we're outside off in the fray. So that kind of gave you you know, something to link you together that makes you similar, right? And so you can kind of chat and then you meet one person, right? And I didn't really start going to these conferences until I got on Instagram to kind of segue back to IG. And so I had kind of met these people in this two dimensional space And so it was a little bit easier from DMing with these people already feeling like I knew them, right? And meeting them at you know a conference or something like that. But to kind of move into your original question of how I decided to dress up as Flo or I do a Jake from State Farm and I think I've done a a couple of videos with a a gecko t-shirt making fun of Geico, I consider what I do very serious, right? A client being injured or something like that, or a client being taken advantage of with a business contract not being paid fairly or compensated fairly. I take that very seriously because these people, they put their trust and faith in you to wade through you know the legal system. And it just, I take that aspect very seriously. But when it comes to myself, and if you know me outside of the law, you know I don't try to take myself too seriously. I always say I can't stand attorneys that think they're better than people because they're a lawyer, right? That doesn't make, that's just what you do. It's not who you are, right? And so I like to have fun and, you know, I feel like dressing up, making fun of these insurance companies, being like hearted about it, uh, that's just kind of came to me and I got the gear and the swag off Amazon. So it's just something extra to kind of make fun of myself and try to give people, you know, some education along with it. And uh, that's kind of how it all started. So it's been fun.
1: You know, so the interesting thing is and how Instagram and all these social media networks work is you have to get attention, you have to get engagement for your content to show up in your feed. And when you do this, you're getting a lot of attention and likes and laughs and comments. And then I think that's how how I I even came across the the video flow. I'm not aware of any legal firm, and I, I would ask you this, are you aware of any law firm that has a huge follower base that doesn't have some form of entertainment that's just super factual?
0: Does any come to mind? Not. Well, I mean, I know there are some people, they, they try to weave the entertainment aspect into the facts. The law is very complicated, right? And so you're trying to educate someone, make it fun, all at the same time within, you know, originally it was 30 seconds, and now I think Instagram's, uh, the reels, they allow you to go to a minute and a half if you want. But it's very difficult to kind of just do a whole, edu- like educate someone on every single aspect of you know, any area or any topic in such a short amount of
1: time. Yeah. And, and I think also just from a consumption point of view, I think that individuals like to consume shorter clips and and just flip through the next if they're interested. So I, I think that aligns there, too.
0: I mean, they say you have like, what, seven seconds or three seconds to catch their attention. And then within the first seven seconds, they decide if they're going to watch the entire video. And so, you know, I actually I just had my first viral reel, if you want to call it that, i found that when you actually speak and have your own original content instead of doing trends, those ones have been doing better for me lately where I actually even step even more outside my comfort zone and do the talking instead of like with Flo or, you know, Jake from State Farm, I'm doing a voiceover of a trending audio and then applying it to the legal field, right? But with this one that just went viral like last week, um, and it's still, like my I had to turn notifications off on of my phone because it was just nonstop going. And it's hit a half a million views today. And um, it was me actually talking about a video. And so I've actually found that doing original, real original content has been performing better for me. Now I don't have half a million views on every video, but these other ones are getting over 10,000 where I'm actually speaking and putting myself even more out there
1: let's drill down even more on this because i think this is super interesting because this speaks to you know the type of content that you're creating that is effective and first what is the video that went viral let's let's break that down how long was it why do you think this one out of all the other content because you've done a ton of content really took off
0: um so it starts out i've been doing a lot of these uh videos that seem to be working. So I'll do, it's a video of somebody else that I, that I find, you know, whether it's a car accident or a dirt bike or a, a four wheeler crashing into an individual. And then I talk about the legal repercussions of that from a personal injury standpoint. So this particular video, it was a pedestrian on a sidewalk throwing a rock at a moving car and he missed. And then he picked up a rock and threw it again at a moving car. That car, then made a U turn, almost got into an accident with another car. Luckily, missed that car, but then they drove on the sidewalk and ran over the pedestrian. And so the pedestrian went flying in the air, and so it has good optics, right? And you have a hook, it's like, wait for it. And then he almost crashes into the car. So then I say, keep waiting, it gets crazier. So, like, kind of drawing the audience in to be like, oh, well, what's going to happen next? And then he runs into this guy. But then it automatically switches to me and I pose a question to myself of, you know, is this legal, right? And then I think what got people going was I said, you can't defend property with violence. The next clip was, you know, this guy, while he deserved to get run over, right? Kind of jokingly around, not taking myself too seriously because I love cars and if you're throwing rocks at my car, that's gonna make me very angry. So I say, you know, that guy would still have a case against the driver of the car. Right. And so it brought up a lot of issues because it's only 30 seconds and I didn't get into people like the Castle Doctrine. Right. People are like, you can protect your car in Texas or, you know, it's got over 500 comments and people like you can protect your house. And my whole thing was this car, he made a U-turn to go and run over a pedestrian. What I found, it kind of pulled on people's like their semi knowledge of knowing that you can kind of stand your ground because you've had a lot of things like that in the media nowadays. And it kind of just took off, right? Because I guess I I didn't really fully flesh out, you know, the defending your property and everyone attached to that, which is a criminal thing, right? What I was just really trying to pose was, you know, if you get hit by a car and you're a pedestrian, you can recover on your uninsured motorist coverage for your own car is what I really was the message I was getting out. And I had no idea it was going to, you know, strike a chord and kind of go viral. So the funny thing is, I know exactly what you're talking about.
1: I watched that video. I was one of your five hundred thousand or however many views. Like I, I now can recall it like very vividly. Did you go in when people started giving their opinions and, and they're doing the status play, like to show how smart they are and whatever? Did you re engage and say, Well, I didn't have time to cover this and like and drive up conversation in the chat? Or did you just kind are of, you just kind of watching it eating popcorn, you know, kind of seeing what people are saying?
0: So to take a step back, I follow a lot of, you know, growth experts or Instagram influencers that they actually help you grow on Instagram, right? They're not lawyers. I really only use Instagram for like business and to meet and actually have real relationships, right? And so what I've learned from, you know, understanding about how Instagram works is you should engage with people that are engaging with you to be social, right? And I want to. And so in the very beginning, I was right. And I wasn't like defending myself, I would say you raise a good point, And then I would answer it with the follow-up and then kind of point them to what the insurance stuff was about, right? But then as the video started taking off, there was just too much to where I couldn't actually do my actual work to keep engaging with the audience. And then I, I saw a lot of the audience engaging back and forth, you know, and then I'd see some hateful comments. I would delete those cause I just don't want that, you know, associated with my page. And then a lot of people, which I started just rolling my eyes after a while was I can't, there was, you know, I can probably at least 10 or more, notifications that I got of people saying, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. And, you know, I'm like, okay, so it's not like that original. And I just, I would stop engaging with them unless it was something that was extremely funny or raised a really good legal point. I had to stop uh, just because it was just too much to actually live my life and engage with, you know, 600 plus comments. Yeah, fair enough. I filmed another video based off of that video where I went more into the castle doctrine to You know, one, let the audience know that I guess selfishly that I'm not stupid and I know that you can defend property. Right. That video, interestingly, has like 14000 views. Right. So not all 500000 people saw that. But I did go back and they gave me an idea for more content because all these people were talking about you can defend your car. You can defend your house. And I'm like, yeah, you can. And these are the instances when you can and why in the prior video, why I, I said, in my opinion, the driver of the car is still in the wrong.
1: When I think of a rainmaking attorney, I think someone that's great at networking, that's generating cases, that's, you know, business development, and you have one reel on how to go from zero to 50 referral sources and, you know, because it's easier said than done and and you break down networking, DMing, and sharing fees. So maybe if you could speak on each of those on how to develop referrals through those three
0: pillars. Yeah, sure. So... You know, and it's funny you brought that one up. Like that, most of my followers until this last video are all attorneys, right? Over time, I've been an attorney now for going on uh, seven and a half years, and so I've come to learn that the people that are, you know, success. Everyone has their own definition of success, but in my opinion, in my definition of success, right, that are successful, they're either like really great trial attorneys, or that, and they just fly all over the country and they get called in and you know, they just go and have awesome results and awesome jury verdicts, right? Or they're attorneys that just can bring in business, right? Because you're irreplaceable if you can do that or you can kind of go anywhere you want, right? Because that's, you don't, trial attorneys don't have a case if you don't, if there's no case to be brought in. And so, you know, I go to conferences to meet other attorneys and I'm lucky in the sense that I live in a vacation state, right, I'm licensed in the Carolinas and people vacation here from all over the country. And so I sell myself to these other attorneys at conferences of if you ever have any problems or issues, or even if you just need help on your case, you know, give me a shout, I'm here to help you, right? And if you wanna refer me a case, going to the last part of that reel, I can share fees in North and South Carolina. And so I'm real big on protecting other attorneys' interests and making it worth their while. And uh, you know, I kinda joke around that I send a mailbox money, and I forget where that saying came from, but I obviously, you know, did not think of it. I guess maybe it's from like real estate. You know, you have a bunch of homes, and you're getting mailbox money from the Bigger Pockets podcast, right? Um, and so I think that's where I heard it, and so I even have that in my profile. So when other attorneys see it, it's like, you know, hey, send me some cases. I'll send you, I'll send you money in the mail. So that's kind of where that real came from. And I can't take all the credit. My wife, actually, I was like, Hey, I want to use this trending audio. And she's, I'm like, what can I do with this? And she's like, talk about your referral business. So, you know, I got to give her credit and a little shout out for that.
1: Incredibly smart. And when I was doing the guest prep too, I liked how you did clips of you either sending referrals out to other attorneys or you receiving, you know, a compensation and I made it more real. I think, uh, and when I saw the mailbox money at first, I, I immediately went to real estate. You know, bigger pockets, podcasts, syndicates. Whether it's you know your Grant Cardone type of stuff, and I thought, oh well, that's exactly right. That's what it is, and that's like living the dream in terms of that passive. Let's talk specifically the DMing, but you're you, you're DMing to, for this networking perspective, which I think is super smart. So how does that work
0: again? Because I follow a lot of lawyers, the algorithm I guess sends me other lawyers' content, right and you know, or the people that I already do follow, I'll go in their comments and maybe there'll be a lawyer or two in there that I don't follow or doesn't follow me. So then I'll start following them. And I know they say, don't do the follow for follow, like for like, you know, stuff, but in our business, you know, most lawyers aren't following you and then unfollowing you, right. To build up their follower count and keep their following count low. Right. And so I'll do that. And then I'll strike up a a conversation with them. I'll watch You know, I'll go through a bunch of their videos on their page or their photos if they don't do reels and just kind of see what they're about. And then I just start, you know, casually talking to them. I'll find something that I, you know, have a like with. And even if it's they post something about their favorite football team, I'll, you know, joke with them and say, hey, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers are trash. And then I'm a Ravens fan, you know, because I'm originally from Maryland. So that's just an easy in. And then we start talking about the law and then, you know, it's just kind of being social and, and, you know. I guess kind and authentic.
1: Yeah. So, for example, if you were a Cubs fan, you'd be telling me that the Cardinals are trash due to my exactly. hat that I'm wearing. Of
0: course. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, like I it. Don't, so I'm an Orioles fan, and all the Yankees and Boston Red Sox people, you know, needle me because the Orioles, you know, we're kind of on the on the fray this year, but traditionally we stink, and that's okay. But I don't I don't have any hate toward any National League any National League. Joe is constantly nurturing the
1: network he's worked so hard to build. I want to know how he does those one-off cases that slide into his DMs.
0: To maintain the relationships, I mean, I'll end up getting the lawyers or the marketing people, I'll end up getting their numbers outside of the platform. Like in the DMs, like, hey, here's my personal cell, right? I mean, my personal cell and contact info is in my profile, but it seems like nobody ever clicks that stuff or I'm just not famous enough to, you know, people care. Right. So I'll give them my number and, you know, we just continue that way. I genuinely just keep talking to these people. I mean, we, you know, I, I post stories daily. Right. And so we engage with stories. Right. Because it's about your daily life and things outside of the law. And so that's how I maintain relationships. And then I need to get into having a, a better CRM software. Now I, I just have a big Excel spreadsheet and then I send people gifts and stuff like that over the holidays and, and what have you. And one trick I learned is, send them a gift, not during Christmas, right? Cause it just gets lost in all the other gifts they get. Send it to them like 4th of July and then don't send them anything in Christmas cause they're not gonna realize cause they're getting hundreds of gifts anyway. So that's a good tip to like kind of stay at forefront cause who thinks that, that to get a July 4th present, right? Like the, you'll be the only person on that lawyer's desk if you send them, you know, a, a gift basket or a card, whatever, guarantee you'll be the only one that sends them something
1: your gifting strategy that reminds me of like john Rulin giftology and you know because it's just i think of christmas and like i guess that's the big one it's just like everyone's bombarded and you just get kind of lost in the shuffle what's the process look like to do this you know because you're practicing a law too like do you have like a routine like a morning routine i'm checking my dms am i is it just hey i'm obsessed i'm checking them all the day when i get the red notification on the phone what's it look like from the content creation side to like the engagement? Like
0: how do you make this into a process and routine? Sure. So I'm not the best at doing that. That's not just with Instagram. That's with everything, right? I, I I always want to have processes and routines and then they fall off. Right. So it's actually very difficult for me. I know a lot of people and the saying is batch your content, change your outfits, maybe change your background, and then you can, put that you only have to film maybe 12 times a year and you can put it out every day of the month or however your schedule is. But it is good to stay consistent. That way the algorithm and whatever platform you're using understands how you are and your followers understand how you are. I know uh, I follow West coast lemons and I know that like she posts Monday, Wednesday, Friday, right? And so she always does that. It's Monday, Wednesday, Friday. You know, I try to have a post at least one or two a week and I always try to post around like 5:30 in the afternoon and then i always try to do instagram stories and sometimes i let them run out on purpose that way people wonder where i went and then you get more engagement when you at when you've had 24 hours without anything right so that's kind of my strategy of what i do and then like on the weekends i'll batch film sometimes and then i'll have you know enough content for like 2 weeks where i can post two reels a week you know i might have 4 or 5 reels saved in my drafts and one thing if you film inside the app They say you should always download your video to your camera roll in case you get logged out or in case there's a glitch with the app. That way you didn't spend hours creating your content and then it's all gone. So that's another thing that I do.
1: I wish there was a piece of wood that I could knock on because that's like my worst nightmare. For the attorneys, the PI attorneys listening, who's your perfect referral partner? Who would be an ideal person to refer you cases? Who
0: is that avatar? It really is anyone that's not in North or South Carolina, right? There's a lot of specific laws to these states that are, you know, can kind of cause issues. And so it's basically any personal injury attorney. It's any attorney, really. It doesn't matter if you practice trust in estates, because I can share fees with you because you're a lawyer, right? And so it's any attorney that has a friend, family member, you know, past client that was in the Carolinas that reached out to them or any national you know, big following attorney on social media that has hundreds of thousands of followers that gets DMs on the regular, you know, they can feel free to hit me up and I'll feel free to send them mailbox money, really. So it's it's any one of those, any one of those people. All you gotta have is a law license and I can share fees with you. Perfect, perfect, and uh, one final question here. What's next for Joe Volta? You know, I, I just wanna keep creating content, man. I, I really enjoy keep meeting more and more attorneys and, and keep growing out and, and uh, you know, building my network and bringing in more and more cases, because that's kind of ultimately what I really enjoy doing. I get a rush when I see an email come through or a text come through and it's, you know, attorney that I've built a relationship with that says, hey, I got a case for you. I really enjoy doing that. And I guess to piggyback on that, the next avenue for me is really my own case generation, right? I love sharing the fees and making those relationships, but, you know, it's better to have two thirds of nothing, but it's also, it's better to have a full Attorney fee than having to share it as well. So, I guess you know that's something to be said. I am generating my own cases, but the people that are sending me cases, they're the ones that actually generated the case. They just happen to know me and get their clients into the best hands in the Carolinas. And then, and how can people get in touch with you? Uh, they can either hit me up on my cell phone, and this is my real number. I never changed it it's 443 957 5226 send me a text anytime, or they can send me an email, which is uh, jvolta at lawyercarolina.com. Connecting with new people at conferences can be challenging even
1: for the most extroverted among us. To help break the ice, begin with social media. Look through their content, find common interests or posts that you can relate to. Comment on posts and when it feels natural, send some DMs. As you build and nurture your network, make referring cases easy for your partners and send them mailbox money when they refer you cases. I'd like to thank Joe Volta from Hull & Chandler for sharing a story with us, and I hope you gained some valuable insights from the conversation. You've been listening to Personal Injury Mastermind. I'm Chris Dreyer. If you liked this episode, leave us a review. We'd love to hear from our listeners. I'll catch you on next week's PIM with another incredible guest and all the strategies you need to master personal injury marketing.